Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. I'm your host, Justin Thompson. Thanks so much for joining me again. We have a great episode coming up for you. Really excited to get into it. First things first, though, it's been a really emotional week for me, kind of weird. A lot of old friends and old competitors posting on social media their last matches, their last college matches, because it's that time of year. This is the conference tournament, so you play your conference tournament, and if you don't win that tournament, then you likely don't advance into the NCAA tournament unless you're a big top-ranked school who's going to get in anyways. So a lot of my friends that play at lower-level D1 schools, this is, you know, this was their last weekend of tennis where it's pretty much tying a bow, tying a ribbon on their competitive tennis career. So it's been emotional and kind of strange seeing all of those posts. Um, one buddy in particular, he plays back in the Patriot League. I'll share this story with you guys, actually, because it's kind of funny. I got a kick out of it. So the Patriot League is a conference back east. Schools like Navy, Army, Lehigh, Bucknell, Boston University. Well, my friend plays for Colgate, and they played Lehigh, one of their rivals, the first round of the conference tournament. And I hadn't heard this story. Maybe you guys heard it, but I, I was completely lost on me. But apparently about a month ago, there was this big controversy in the conference about a player from Lehigh who I guess a video had circulated of him just calling two serves like blatantly in the middle of the box out. And I hadn't heard about this, like I said, but I was looking into it a little more. And Brad Gilbert, I'm sure most of you recognize that name. He was top five in the world back in 1990. He's now like a famous coach and commentator for tennis. But anyways, this drew his attention and he tweets, quote, this is beyond absurd. The player should be defaulted and given a warning. Another like this and you are off the team and shame on the coach for watching and allowing this. He should get at least a one game suspension. So kind of crazy, like I said, I completely missed this whole controversy, but my buddy was telling me about it, and the funny thing was, I guess he was playing the guy who was at the center of this controversy for his last college match, or what ended up being his last college match, because Colgate lost. So we were just laughing of, you know, all the guys you could play, all the matches you've played, this is how it's going to end, it's just super funny. But So during the match in the first set, I guess they had some tightly contested calls, close first set, and so my buddy went to get a line judge, and he was just debating, like, should I mention that this guy's been in the news lately for making questionable calls? It was just, anyways, I got a kick out of it. I thought it was a funny story, lighthearted way to start the podcast out. But like I said, just in the spirit of old friends and hearing all of these stories, I wanted to bring on a guest, an old friend, and a perennial thorn in my side from all the years we spent training together on the tennis court. I think you'll like what he has to say. And I'm joined now by Vatsal Bajpai, senior standout for UCI men's tennis. He's a CIF high school champion. He's an all-conference selection for UCI, which plays in the Big West, and the perfect guest to have on right ahead of the Big West Conference tournament that starts on Thursday. Vatsal, thank you so much for joining us. Let's get right into it. First things first, senior year coming to a close here. How does it feel the college tennis career is almost over? I think the best way to describe it is bittersweet. Um, bitter because I'm going to leave behind such a big part of my life. Um, I played tennis since I was a kid. And now, you know, I'm done playing competitive tennis. Um, sweet in the sense that I'm, I get to move on and uh, do something else with my life that I also will probably enjoy. So yeah, and I think I'm going to miss, you know, the the bonds and the connections that I've made through tennis a lot. 
One thing I find funny about tennis, all sports really, but um, from our experiences, we can speak on it with tennis. Starting in the juniors, college, you always have a regimented schedule. You can play this. You have these tournaments on this weekend. It's always kind of laid out for you. And then when you graduate, this thing, like you said, that's been such a huge part of your life, all of a sudden, you can enlist in men leagues. You can try to play pro. You can play recreationally. I mean, for you personally, what do you see? What role is tennis going to have in your life after graduation? I think... I mean, I think I'm always going to play tennis after I graduate, and it's probably just going to be recreationally, unfortunately. And, you know, I've always played tennis since I was a kid because it's been fun for me. And as long as it keeps, you know, being fun, I'm going to keep playing it, which is probably not at the same level as I did in college. So all of that being said, you're not done with college tennis yet. It's close, but not there yet. Obviously, big conference tournament coming up. You guys are the three seed, I believe, UC Irvine, looking to win that Big West tournament and get an automatic entry into the NCAAs. First round matchup is against Hawaii, the number six seed. You beat them last time you guys played. How are you guys feeling going into that match on Thursday? I'm super excited to, to go into the tournament. I think we have a really good shot of, uh, of taking it home this year. And Hawaii, you know, when we played Hawaii our first time, it was tricky. Um, on paper, we won uh, 4-2, but it was actually a lot closer. Um, and we had a couple of three-setters. Doubles point was tight. So, you know, it's, it's going to be um, a good fight uh, for our first round. But I think if we all just show up and stay super positive, super connected, good things will happen. And hopefully we can keep it going through the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually said this on my last podcast that there's no such thing as an easy match in tennis. You have to go out there and perform to your best every time you're out there or anything can happen. But I think it's safe to assume if you guys are in top form, probably get past Hawaii where you have Cal Poly, the two seed waiting for you in the next round. You guys played them very tight a month ago when you had to play up in San Luis Obispo. How are you guys feeling about that potential matchup in the semis? I'm super excited for it. I think we actually match up super well against them. Our, uh, the first time we played them, we lost 5-2. And you know, on paper, that seems like a pretty like, a, like pretty convincing win by them, but it really wasn't. And I think um, now we've had some changes uh, with our players, and you know, we, we have a little better understanding of how they play. So I think we're going to match up really well against them awesome and obviously i'm rooting for you guys would love to see the anteaters the local team me being from orange county would be great to see you guys get that entry into the ncaa tournament let's play the hypothetical game let's say you get into the ncaa the big dance obviously don't know bracket don't know seating yet but looking ahead to the top teams in d1 who are some of those programs that you expect to do well in the tournament looking ahead to the big dance Uh, i have to say usc ucla those guys are like they have a pretty deep team Everyone's pretty good. Coaching's great. So I expect, you know, USC, UCLA to perform well. And back to the Big West Conference Tournament, obviously you guys play at the same location, the Indian Wells Tennis Garden as a tournament, the BMP Paribas, which has so much history. What's it like getting to take those courts where you know that just so many legends have played on those courts and you get to share that court as well? That's funny, actually. The first time I played on there, I texted a picture to my mom saying, told you I'd play on these courts one day. And she, you know, kind of gave me a smart-ass response. But, um, no, it's it's great. It's it's uh, pretty humbling. And, you know, you get to play on those same courts Nadal, Federer have played. And those courts are, are different. They're not uh, regular kind of hard courts. They're slow and they're bouncy. But just being in that same environment where champions have played is, is just, it's a great privilege. And, I'm you know, I'm looking forward to going back this year. 
I know you, you're such a humble guy, so I'm not going to make you talk too much about it, but you really have had such a storied career, both in high school and now in college. Being a four-year player at such a good program like UCI, as I mentioned, all-conference selection, just consistently solid in the singles and doubles lineup. Just take us a little bit through your four years here at UCI, particularly last year when you got that all-conference selection. Yeah, so first year I came in as a freshman, um, and I, I wasn't in the doubles lineup, which I was kind of uh, sad about, but I was playing six singles, and I played pretty much every single match through the whole season, and I did uh, pretty well as a freshman, and I got I gained some confidence. Sophomore year was a little bit more of a struggle because I was trying to find changes to my game, uh, make it better so that, you know, uh, I'm able to compete with better players in the in the college level. My junior year, uh, me and Bruce, we started off, I believe, playing three again, and then the coach eventually had to move us to two, and then during season they moved us up to one, where uh, we found some success in conference, um, and we got that uh, all Big West selection, which I was super stoked about, super happy it came. So you talked a little bit about how your freshman, sophomore year, you had to improve on your game and you had to work on things. Talk to me a little bit about just what college tennis did for your game as a whole, your coaches, your teammates, how your game evolved through that process. I think college tennis is a great place to improve your game, but more so it's a great place to improve mentally because I think you have to be so tough. And in the juniors, you're, you're just playing for yourself. You don't really feel the same kind of pressure you feel when you're when it's three all and you're clinching for your team for people you love, like basically people you love, your brothers. So it's a different kind of pressure and it requires a different kind of mental fortitude, which I think I've finally learned to embrace and enjoy rather than run away from it. That's awesome. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts about college too. Like you said, you go from that single game where you're just focused on yourself to all of a sudden now you're playing for a team and something bigger. And it really is just such a rewarding feeling. And it just, um, yeah, you can shrink from it and run away. Or you can step up and use your teammates' encouragement to step up to the moment. And you've certainly done the latter in your experience, which is awesome. We have um, some fan questions from a thing I posted on Twitter, if you have some time. Before we get to that, though, I want to ask you one more. This podcast really is geared towards American tennis. We talk a little bit about juniors, mostly pros, and obviously now with it being college season, that's why we had to have you on, and we're glad you did. But the Americans are doing really well right now on the professional level. We have 10 players in the top 100 from the U.S., which is just awesome. I know you know the younger guys, Taylor Fritz, Tiafo. Just talk to me real quick about your assessment of American tennis at the professional level and what you've seen. Oh, man, I'm so excited for, for American tennis at the pro level. Like you said, like Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, seeing those guys compete at that level is is great. I've, I mean, I've basically played the same tournaments as these guys and even watched them play right beside me. And now seeing them up on that big stage is is great. Um, yeah, I think they all have the potential to be number one in the world. Um, I'm really excited for Tiafo. I think he has so much potential. He's such a great athlete. Obviously, Stevie J, I always look out for, played at USC. I've actually met him a couple times. So that's cool seeing him be so successful at that level. Um, and more so, I'm, I'm like even at the college level, I think we have so many good players right now. One of my personal favorites is Brandon Holt. He plays for USC. He's the, he's the number one player, and he's already won, I think, like two futures tournaments. So I'm really I'm rooting for him after college. I hope he does some good things. Yeah, Brandon Holt, certainly a name I remember from the SoCal Junior Circuit. He did quite well. Not surprising at all that he continues to do well at USC. 
another young American to look out for on the pro tour. That's awesome to hear. Let's get to those fan questions now real quick. Thank you for those of you who submitted DMs to me on Twitter. Really appreciate it. So we will go through all of the questions, actually, you guys submitted. Vatsal's being very generous with his time. First question is, take us through the average week of a Division One tennis player in season. Good question. So I think it depends on if, if there are games and if there are away or home games, but usually a week would go like you, you practice about three hours a day, six days a week, and then if we have games on the weekends, obviously we don't practice and we play the games, and those games can take anywhere from three to five hours. But, you know, I said three hours of practice a day, but really it's more like five hours because you have to think about your warm-up, you have to think about taking care of your body, so going into the training room. And then obviously you have to go to class. And you know, one thing I've really underestimated is how hard it can be to focus in class and study when you're physically exhausted. Next question is 10, 20 years down the line, what will you remember most from your tennis experience? I think the thing that I will remember the most is probably just gonna be the connections and the friends I've made through tennis. Um, you know, you have like your friends, but then you have people you play tennis with, especially on like at the UCI team. These people I've played tennis with, we've all been working toward a common goal. And I don't know, there's some magic in that. And I really cherish that, um, that feeling and that bond that I have with, with my teammates. This next one from a Twitter user. Ooh, this is a hard hitting question, almost like a job interview. Um, what will you take from tennis into the next chapter of your life? I think, uh, being being okay with losing because when you play tennis you lose majority of the times because you know if you don't win the tournament you go home a loser and so you you lose a lot even you know even Nadal Federer have lost a lot at some point in their career Um, and you know with that comes overcoming adversity and being mentally tough and resilient and just finding a way to win to be successful Um, and that mental fortitude I think is something that I feel like I'm going to have an edge in going into my next phase in my life. Last one. This is actually a perfect one to send you out on. Last question is, what is your favorite memory on the tennis court? So this is a really hard one. I'm I'm not going to pick anything from college yet just because it's not over. And I think, you know, if we were to win Big West, that would probably be my favorite tennis memory. But I'd say from the juniors, it was when I played a um, national tournament in Kalamazoo. And, you know, I had to qualify for that. And the first, I was kind of hurt going into the tournament. And first round, I was down two match points, I think, that I saved and won and won that match. And then I went on to qualify and won a round in the main draw. And then I, I lost in the second round of the main draw. But I think that was um, definitely one of my favorite memories, uh, mostly because I think a lot of people, even my parents in some ways, kind of counted me out because I was hurt and everything. But I was just really happy that I was able to find another level in myself and overcome that. For those of you who don't know, Kalamazoo Tournament is actually the biggest junior event on the men's side. The winner of that tournament actually gets a wild card into the main draw of the professional U.S. Open event that takes place in Flushing Meadows, New York. So all the players that compete in that tournament are just the top national talent, and it's certainly quite an experience to go be a part of it. I was lucky enough to participate in it as well, and it's um, there's really nothing like it in terms of junior tournaments in the U.S. With that said, thank you so much to the Twitter users who submitted questions. I hope you got what you were looking for. Botzel, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in the Big West tournament starting this Thursday. We will be rooting for you. Thanks for having me, JT. 
So let's shift gears now from the Big West to another conference tournament happening this week. The Pac-12 Conference Championship happening out in Ojai, the one we talked about so much last week. Well, it turns out UCLA is the one seed and USC is the two seed. So those teams are on a crash course again to meet in the finals for the third year in a row. USC won it back in 2017, 4-3, tight match. UCLA won it a little more convincingly last year, 4-1. So this is the rubber match, or at least it would be if these teams advance to the finals. Would love to see the two LA teams advance and settle the score for the third time, see who comes out on top. Either way, both of those teams are going to advance to the NCAA as they're both top teams in the country. So more for pride and being the conference champion more so than anything else. But I did get a chance to talk to Peter Smith, the USC men's tennis coach, back at work on Monday. And he had said the most important thing for the Trojans is winning that doubles point. If they can win the doubles point, they feel very confident in their singles lineup that they can beat anybody they go up against. Like I said, not just in the conference tournament, but in the NCAAs as a whole. So it'll be fun to watch. I guess the Trojans have been tinkering with their doubles lineup, trying to find that perfect pairing and combination, and they feel pretty good about it right now. So I'm really excited to see that one, recap it for you. If you can make it out to Ojai, get out for that one. If you can't, try to make it to the desert for the Big West Conference Tournament. See if Wotzel and the Anteaters of UCI can take down UCSB, who has won that Big West Conference the last three years in a row. That's going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like the show, feel free to subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all your favorite platforms. If you want to advertise on the show, you can contact Believe at Believe.com. I want to give a special thanks to all the fans who reached out on social media to ask questions for Votzel. I hope you enjoyed having your voices heard. Next time I do something like that, or if you just want to follow in general, I am at JustTomp11 on Twitter and at Justin.Thompson111. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you all again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.